is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Kristen Stoneking, the senior pastor here. And I'm Brian Adkins, associate pastor. Our mission here is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. Christ the Lord is risen today, alleluia. reading from Matthew chapter 28 verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Mother and child reunion is only 
just can't believe it's so Though it seems strange to say I've never been late so long In such a mysterious way In the course of a lifetime runs Over and over again Though I would not give you false hope On the strange and mournful day But the mother Good morning. I'm Kristen Stone King, senior pastor at Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Thank you for worshiping here on this Easter Sunday. Wherever you are joining from, we are so glad that you are here. You know, when we're not able to be at an event or uh, somewhere in person, we often say, I'll be there in spirit or we'll be together in spirit. Well, it's that same spirit now that connects us across time and space, across geography and across distance. Truly, we are together in spirit on this Easter Sunday. Since I was a kid, Easter has always been a very special day, one of my favorite holidays, and not just because I have an incredible sweet tooth. I love Easter because it's a sign uh, that the sun is coming back, that warmer days are on their way, spring is blooming, colors are bursting, um, birds are chirping, you can hear them now, I'm in my backyard, trees are budding. When I was a kid, I was willing to wear what was often a very scratchy dress and tight shoes just because I love the joy and the life and the faith and the hope that is Easter. And this year, we need Easter more than ever. I wonder if, like me, you've been spending a lot of time this year not in the sun, but in front of a screen. More time contemplating death than life. I was in a Zoom birthday party a couple of weeks ago, and the conversation turned at one point to what websites we were checking to monitor the number of coronavirus cases and deaths. I confess to you this morning that as we began sheltering in place, the first thing I would do in the morning was reach for my phone and check the numbers. I needed to see how Italy was doing. and. How is France and what's happening in South America? And how about Kansas and Missouri and New York where my extended family is? And of course, what's going on in California? At first, when California's numbers were in the low double digits, I had a sense of where the persons were who had contracted coronavirus. Was it Alameda County or Santa Clara County, San Francisco County, Los Angeles County? I knew some details about them 
though of course not much is released. But I had a, a sense of each as an individual, each number as a person with a story, relationships, and a life. But as the numbers compounded, it became harder and harder to track the individuals. And I have to admit, it became harder to even comprehend what does 20,000 deaths mean, let alone 100,000 deaths from coronavirus. In our scripture for today from Matthew, Mary Magdalene and the woman called the other Mary are also trying to comprehend death. They're trying to make sense out of what they thought they knew and what has actually come to pass. The Jesus in whom they had placed their love and their trust, the one who turned water into wine, who healed the sick, who raised even the dead, has himself been crucified. The future they imagined wiped away, the ground underneath them literally shaking. So what do they do with this tenuous hold on life? Where do they look for the light that they have lost? They go to the tomb. Now that's an interesting choice. Tombs aren't places of life. They're separated, often isolated. And this tomb, the scripture tells us in the piece just before what we read this morning, this tomb even had guards placed beside it. Not a welcoming place, not a place to look for life. But in their grief and in their confusion, they go to the tomb. When Mary Magdalene and the other Mary arrive at the tomb, they find not guards, but an angel. And the angel says, I know you are looking for Jesus, but he's not here. He's not here. He has been raised from the dead. The two Marys were looking for the living in a place where one would expect only to find death. Going to the tomb is a little bit like looking at the numbers of persons who have died. This is looking for the living among the dead. The person's lives are not in the numbers, just like Jesus wasn't in the tomb. The angel went on to say to the two Marys, Come, see the place where he lay. He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. It's significant to me that the angel began with, come and see the place where he lay, because the angel knows there is nothing to see there. What there is to see is that there is nothing there. Then the angel follows that up with the real message for the two Marys. The real message for the two Marys has three parts. One, Jesus has been raised. Two, he's going before you. And three, you will see him. The Marys are told to go quickly and deliver the message to the other disciples. It's as if the angel is saying, look in the tomb if you must. But don't linger, and certainly don't drop anchor. 
The life you seek is not in the tomb. This place has nothing for you. And isn't it how it happens for us like that sometimes? I, I don't know why we are like this as humans, but at the moments when we most need life, we often look for it in places we associate with death. When we are engaged in something we know is killing us, instead of moving away from it, we keep doing it. Sometimes we even move toward it. Now that your entire routine has likely been turned upside down, you have noticed there were some things you were doing that were part of your day every day that actually were not life-giving to you, maybe even not to anyone. Or maybe you've noticed it wasn't so much the things you were doing, but the things you weren't doing. Maybe not taking time to really hear the voices of loved ones or really feel deep in your bones and in your heart and in your soul that you are God's beloved. What tombs have we been spending our time in? So the Marys were doing this too. Why? I think it was because they didn't know what else to do. And I think this is like us too. It's not that we don't have a sense that something we're doing or not doing feels like death. It's just that we don't know how to stop or what else to do or how to do things differently. In some cases, we've been alone with ourselves in this time of sheltering in place, but we've never been without Jesus. Remember the three-part message, He has been raised, He goes before us, and we will see Him. Now there's a detail in the scripture that is usually missed, the scripture from Matthew that we have for today. We've, we usually focus on Easter on the empty tomb, or the angel's triumphant message, or the promise that we will see Jesus or we lift up the admonition that's given twice in this scripture to go and tell what has happened. All of this is important. But did you know did you notice where the Marys and the other disciples are supposed to go and tell what has happened? Where they are supposed to go and look for Jesus? They're supposed to go to Galilee. That's where Jesus has gone before them, and that's where they're told they will see him. Why Galilee? Galilee was one of the three provinces of Palestine in what is today a northern part of Israel. By some standards in those days, it was considered the most pagan of the Jewish provinces, a place with a lot of diversity where there was a, a, a diverse culture and a very distinct accent. People in the southern provinces of Palestine, where there was a more thoroughly homogeneous population, where people were pretty much like their neighbor, uh, those folks were said to regard Galilee with a certain kind of proud contempt. Remember when they said of Jesus, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, Nazareth is in Galilee. Galilee is where Jesus began his ministry. 
His disciples were all Galileans. Many of Jesus' miracles were performed in Galilee. This was where he preached, where he was followed by very large crowds. The population of Galilee at that time was said to number almost three million people. Why Galilee? Because the heart of Jesus' life and his ministry was with these people. This is where he had community. And this was a place of great ministry potential. When Jesus was truly living, he was serving, he was teaching, he was loving, he was healing. Galilee was the place of life. Galilee is a reminder that the ministry Jesus began there was to be continued. And not just there, but everywhere. Just as the heart of Jesus' life rested in his ministry, so too would life be found by others in the same way of serving, teaching, healing, and loving. There was no point looking for life in the tomb. It wasn't there. The eternal life that Jesus offered was through what they had already found to be life-giving. The relationship with him the joy of the good news, the community with each other. Matthew's Gospel tells us that indeed they did meet him there, and he tells them to go out and share what they know to be new life, true life. And he says to them, remember, I will be with you always until the end of the age. This is the message for us, too, on this Easter Sunday. This is the message of resurrection. The places of death can and have been transformed. New life is always available and offered to us through the power of the risen one who showed us what real life is. Don't look for the living among the dead. In places where you have experienced joy and peace and purpose, look for Jesus there. What you know to be life-giving, do more of that. Yes, there is death in life, but what we know is that there is also life beyond death. It is said that they will know we are Christians by our love. But let it also be said that they will know we are Christian, Christians by our love of life. Christ is risen and lives among us. Hallelujah. Amen. Soon and very soon we are going to see the King. Oh, soon and very soon we are going to see the King. You've been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Brian Adkins, Associate Pastor here. We'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. If you are here in Berkeley, Epworth's worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 1953 Hopkins Street at the corner of Napa and Hopkins.
And I'm Senior Pastor Kristen Stoneking. If you connect to our podcast from further away, we would invite you to visit our website, epworthberkeley.org. We'd invite you to keep seeking to grow in faith and to stop by the next time you're in Berkeley.